Welcome to the She Will Shine podcast, where we bring you the real stories of female business owners. My name is Danielle Price and I'm the founder of She Will Shine, a supportive business network for women. It's time to give a voice to women in business and discover their journey. Hi everyone and welcome to the She Will Shine podcast. Today, I am very excited to introduce you to the lovely Nicola Daw. How are you, Nicola? I'm very well, thank you. That's great. It's great to have you here. Nicola is the founder and digital marketing specialist at Arcane Agency. Nicola helps marketing professionals to upskill in the digital era. And she's also one of our fabulous She Will Shine members. So we're going to go way back to high school days, Nicola. Mm-hmm. What were your career aspirations way back then? <laughs> it's um, Everyone always laughs when I say what I wanted to be because they were very different to where I am now. Um, so I always wanted to either be a heart surgeon or a lawyer. And obviously, yeah, not something that happened. <laughs> <laughs> we could be um, very lucky that that didn't happen or... <laughs> Yes, yeah, no, I think that people all around should be very happy I'm not operating on hearts, to be honest. <laughs> you were a country girl growing up in Gippsland. What did you decide to do once you um, hit year 12? Yeah, so um, I guess in year 12, I kind of had a year where I was, um, had always had in mind what I wanted to be. And then I got halfway through year 12 and I was like, oh, actually, I don't know what I want to do anymore. Um, you know, I'd always worked from you know the day I could so I sort of had always been juggling work and school um, and got quite used to that I ended up um, you know getting into a few courses and thinking I don't know that this is what you know I want I couldn't get my head around letting go of the freedom of having money and you know having to be a poor uni student Um, so in the end I decided to get a full-time job um, and do uni part-time. So what was the course that you ended up getting into? Um, so I ended up doing events and marketing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I ended up initially, I went down the events path, um, you know, and marketing events, but doing a lot more of the operational side of events, um, which I think, you know, I was really passionate about. I absolutely loved it. As I got older, um, I realised that my liver... Um, probably couldn't keep up with doing just the event side Um, and yeah so I ended up transitioning more into the marketing side as I sort of progressed through. Yeah did you enjoy the marketing side more than the events? Um, Look I think anyone that's worked in events there's like a buzz that you get that you sort of can't get from anything else. Um, I'm quite strategically minded so I think the marketing side and the analytical side really suited me but um you know I still have days where I think I wish I could just be back running events and I think that's why a lot of my clients are events and I still work um you know on events more only doing the marketing but being able to sit in in the operational meetings and that's the stuff I still get a bit of a buzz from being on site during an event. So was this all um in Gippsland went to uni and things or and you worked or did you move so I lived in Gippsland, um, moved to um, to Berwick, which is in between Gippsland and Melbourne. Um, but most of the work that I did was in Gippsland. And then um, after that, I moved to Queensland um, for a few years. Um, and once I was in Queensland, it was much more of a marketing role. Um, I didn't get to do many events up there, but 
Um, it was kind of a first taste, I guess, to starting to get involved in more of the, the digital space. Going from Gippsland to Berwick and then to Queensland, was each of those moves like a growing thing for you personally? Do you feel like you kind of uh, each move you made? Yeah, definitely. When I um, moved to Queensland, um, I moved up there on my own, so I didn't have family and friends or anything around me. Um, so it was, yeah, definitely a real growing space. But I sort of, I was ready for a change. I wanted some warmer weather. Um, and a job opportunity came up up there. So I thought, oh, why not? Like, I'm still young enough to do it. I may as well, you know, give it a try. So, um, yeah, it was really great because I met some really fantastic people up there that I'm still really good friends with. Um, you know, got to do a lot of travelling around Queensland. Um, I did, it was actually interesting because I do find their work ethic in Queensland is very different to Victoria. Um, so, you know, your nine to five actually was nine to five. Um, if you were still in the office at 5.30, people were like, what's wrong with you? Are you, are you sick or something? Okay. Or, and I'm you would be to kicked Queensland. out. <laughs> I like this work <laughs> ethic. <laughs> it was so bizarre. And like, I was so used to, you know, my job always started at nine, but you were always there a lot earlier. But, you know, that just wasn't acceptable. The doors were locked and you couldn't get in. And even, um, you know, just walking somewhere. I remember my boss, we were walking to a meeting. And he was like, why are you always in such a rush? Just relax and strong. Like, what do you mean? This is my normal pace. So <laughs> it was really, really different up there. And after about 18 months, I kind of started thinking, if I don't move back to, to Melbourne, I don't know that I'm going to actually be able to go back to like that point of no of return. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after about 18 months, I thought it's time to, to move back. Otherwise I may not be able to, um, yeah, to operate at that level anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so was, did you come back to another job or did you come back before you had secured something else? Yeah, no, I did come back to another job. So, um, I worked in racing just before I moved up to Queensland. Um, and a new role had been created um, there, which was actually a tourism um, marketing role, um, which was really interesting because it was basically um, working with small communities to try and increase overnight stays and visitation into the region around their major cup day. So something I was really passionate about, um, you know, being able to showcase these small regional towns um, and, you know, help the small businesses and tourism and everything. So the industries that you, even though you were in the events and tourism industry, the industries that you worked in were varied, is that correct? Yes, yeah. So I worked, um, I've sort of worked in a few different industries, so racing a few times. Um, I seem to, you know, go back there for some reason. The love of horses? The, um, and I think, you know, there's nothing that beats that event atmosphere over spring racing carnival and that sort of thing so um and then also conferences I did a lot of conferences and exhibitions and that kind of thing um which was really good as well and um when you're working on those sorts of events they're kind of like you know mini businesses where you're doing everything from setting the budgets to all the marketing and promotion and then actually rolling it all out so um yeah so they're always fun I got to work on um Chogum, which is the commonwealth heads of government um meeting which was an absolute eye-opener. Um, but, yeah, that was a really great experience. Exhausting. And I think I was probably the first time ever that I was broken after 
after yep. an event, um, but we all pretty much were. Um, but yeah, an amazing experience that I certainly wouldn't um, ever take back from having done that. So um, a career highlight, definitely? Yeah, definitely. I think um, just, you know, operationally it was so different. Um, you're working with so many different organisations, um, you know, even the security was just next level and it happened to fall in the period where um, Julie Gillard and Kevin Rudd were sort of fighting over the leadership. So I still remember with the handbooks, we were having to do the Prime Minister's um, address uh, two versions. <laughs> we didn't know. Being in Perth, you can't get things quickly and we didn't know um, who would actually be the Prime Minister on the day. So that, um, you know, just little oh, things gosh. like that was... Yes. Um, very different but um yeah it was great and then i flew back from perth on the red eye and got married the next day so <laughs> wow so at what point so you're racing victoria at what point did you go to perth um so i was still um living in melbourne at that stage but pretty much living at a hotel oh, in perth. okay um, so in perth for work yep for the event yes yep so yep. that um when i left racing um and went for work, to work for mci which is an international um meetings and events organization they do a lot of conferences um so that involved a lot of travel and yep. yeah and then back for the wedding and back for the wedding which i must say <laughs> I don't remember a great deal um, of it, to be honest, <laughs> that time. <laughs> I hope Papa doesn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> I know, it's all right. He knows he was like, he was literally just like a bank vacant, <laughs> just a shell. Um, I'd done my, even my dress fitting, I think I'd done that six weeks before the wedding, knowing that I wouldn't get to do it again. Hadn't eaten for two weeks properly because we were just living on wine and cheese and crackers in between, um, you know, catching a couple hours sleep. And so I got back and I was double-sided taping my dress on for me on the day and just hoping that the wind was kind. And I hope it was. Please tell me it, it was. was. No, it Thank was. God for that. I ended up, we upgraded and got the, uh, the double-sided tape from the hardware shop, just to be sure. Nice. <laughs> you need the strong stuff. <laughs> yeah. You don't want a wardrobe malfunction on your wedding day. No, you do not. <laughs> not something the family needs to see. <laughs> so, was Hubby from Melbourne? Uh, no, he was actually from Dunkeld. So, um, we both grew up in the country and, um, yeah, moved to the city. And that's what pretty much brought us to Geelong, was that having both brought up in the, um, and growing up in the country once we'd had the boys we realised just how small our backyard in Melbourne was and um, decided to move to Geelong as a happy medium for having some more space and but still being able to get to Melbourne easily for, for work and that sort of thing. So how many years have you been in Geelong now? So I think four years it's coming yeah. up to, I think. Um, we were trying to work it out the other day, but, yeah, I think it's um, nearly four years. Yeah. Um, and yeah. at what point did the kids come along um so they came along while we were still um in melbourne so um that was when i was working um for the conferencing um and yeah that was kind of you know having my eldest who's 28 in a couple of months was a real i guess shock to the system um you know you lose a lot of that freedom and ability to just do things when you you want to um, and it became pretty clear straight away that I wouldn't be able to return to my old job because 
traveling and you know a baby does not go very well together you know there was a level of flexibility um there but there wasn't the flexibility of not being able to travel or not um you know you could be part-time for a little while but you had to go back to full-time and that sort of thing so yeah it was a bit of a it was disappointing i guess that i couldn't go back but then you know it led to so many other things so that was great were you upset at that point did you kind of think did you have to kind of choose between your family and your job did you feel that pressure um i did a little bit but i sort of think as well that it was a bit of a blessing because I had always wanted to work for myself and I'd always wanted to, you know, have my own business. So I feel like it kind of forced me to take that step that I hadn't done with having the security of having a job. Um, you know, it was sort of that push that I needed, I guess, to, to be able to do it. And I still um, do some consulting for them every now and then. So you said that you always wanted to start your own business. Was that like as a young child or did that kind of come as you're working in industry? Um, I think I always, you know, in the back of my mind thought that I'd like to work for myself. And like, even as a kid, I was always trying to look for ways to raise money or, you know, like I'd um, clean my Nana's house and clean like her friend's houses before I was allowed to legally work. And they'd give me $8 cash to- <laughs> I love that you remember the number because it was such I a do. huge deal. <laughs> it was such a big deal. And, you know, to have that $8 was like, how this is great um so you know i think i always had in the back of my mind that that's what i really wanted to do um and i just didn't have that you know i guess the push to force me to do it because there was always that fear of oh, what if it doesn't work or um you know what if i you know can't pay my bills or you know that sort of thing whereas yeah sort of having the job taken away from you in a way was actually a really good thing. A blessing in disguise. Yeah, yeah. So did you know that you wanted to go down the marketing path with your business at that point? Um, I was fairly certain that that was the, you know, the path that I wanted to go down. Um, but there was still like part of me that really does love events and was sort of still keen to, to keep a little bit of, um, you know, a foot in the door with events. But then events aren't, great for families either so um you know marketing was a more logical choice because you can do it like even now with homeschooling and stuff like that I can still you know work at night and get everything done that needs to to happen I don't have to be you know stuck nine to five or dictated hours um it's a lot more flexible than anything else so how old were your kids when you decided to start the digital agency um, so Max was eight months so I got my first yeah, client when he was eight months old. Um, so I would work around his naps, not that he napped very often. He was one of those. Oh, I had one of them. Yep. <laughs> my second was like that. <laughs> yeah. So if he would nap or I would, um, yeah, would do it after he went to bed at night time or um, when my husband got home, he would take over the, the bouncing him on the ball and I would, yeah, get some work done. So, um, yeah, it was it was nice to be able to use my brain again, I guess. Um, and still, you know, I remember driving him around to try and get him to sleep during the day and then just using my phone to dictate him to and, and then, <laughs> then sort of retyping it afterwards and that sort of thing. Did you find the transition hard or because, you know, you have a strong work ethic, you kind of found it easy to sort of jump straight back into working? 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, I was really lucky um, in that I didn't have the challenges that um, I know a lot of other business um, owners that I talk to, you know, they have problems with, oh, no, I get distracted by doing the washing or, you know, I get distracted with, you know, all the little things that have to be done. So on my work day, I don't actually get that much work done. I think because I had that work ethic and I really wanted to be working, um, for me, that was more of a release. And, you know, to be honest, I'm not the best housekeeper. I hate housework. <laughs> so it was very, very easy for me to be like, oh, no, I've got to work. I can't do the washing. <laughs> I know what I'd rather do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And look, I think, you know, the bonus is as well, if you find something that you're passionate about and you love, um, you know, it is a lot easier to tune out all of that peripheral stuff that needs to be done, but, you know, can wait, I guess. Yeah. And did you find that you're suddenly working on your own? We're obviously, you know, in the events industry, you're working in a team. So yeah. was that something that you struggled with initially or was it something that you actually enjoyed because you were the boss and you could set the rules of how things went? Um, I definitely did miss working with people. Um, I was really lucky with a couple of the clients that um, I got early on. You know, they were very inclusive and I was kind of like part of the team. And I think that's even now with having more of an agency um, rather than sort of more of a freelance contractor role, I still find a lot of my clients bring me in almost like part of the team. So I'll still sit in on, you know, Zoom calls if they're doing strategy sessions or, um, you know, they'll always jump on the phone to ask my opinion on different things. So I think I've been really blessed um, that way. I know over the years I've gone through stages of like, oh, I think I need a business partner. I, you know, I want someone that I can work with and, you know, bounce ideas off and that sort of thing. And then, you know, you see all the horror stories of business partners breaking up and how, how um, yeah, messy it all gets. And I'm like, oh, actually, I'm probably blessed that I don't. And um, I'm really lucky that um, I've got Claire, who I actually met through um, Inner West Mums and Bubs group years ago, um, working with me at the moment. And, you know, it's really nice. We can just jump on Messenger. We're both mums. We both have really strong work ethics, um, and but don't stick to the traditional nine to five hours. So, like, we can jump on Messenger at, you know, any time of the day or night and just, you know, be chatting and touch base. And so it really feels like, you know, starting to get that team together is, is a nice way. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that subconsciously you kind of created that because of working in teams previously? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, it can get lonely working on your own. Um, and that's why groups like She Will Shine, um, you know, and what you've set up there is just fantastic that even though you don't see everyone on a daily basis, you can just jump in that Facebook group if you're having a bad day or if you just need someone else's opinion or you think, oh, am I actually, you know, is this the right decision or not? You can jump in and, you know, chat to other women who are in business and in very similar um, situations. So um, I think for business owners, that's probably something quite critical is to find your network. Um, and, you know, whether it's a, a free or a paid network, you know, find where your people are. And, you know, right from day one, that's probably one of the first things that I would do now. Um, I didn't probably have that when I first started my business. I had like different Facebook groups that I was in, but everyone was in really different stages of their life. There wasn't, you know, that really core group of just, um, you know, business women. So, yeah, if you can find something where there's a lot of 
you know, other business owners and they don't have to be obviously in the same industry, but, you know, finding somewhere where you can hang out and just talk to someone who actually gets it, who's homeschooling and juggling their own business and, um, you know, has all those pressures, then, you know, it makes life a lot easier and you don't feel so lonely. How did you find, you know, starting your own business, suddenly you had to put yourself out there. How did you find that? Was that something that you were comfortable with? Look, I um, I think that was probably the hardest thing that I found. And, you know, particularly someone coming from a marketing background, well, I found it really hard to market myself. And even now, um, you know, I find that I can be really um, inconsistent, I guess, with my social media and that sort of stuff because, you know, I get so wrapped up in the client stuff that I forget about my own. But, you know, it's a bit of that practice what you preach. It's something that I definitely need to do more of. And look, I have been extremely lucky that um, a lot of my work comes by referrals. Um, so I haven't had to be, you know, as actively seeking work, um, you know, and I feel really, really lucky for that. But yeah, it is definitely something I struggle with um, and, you know, need to, to make more of an effort, particularly because, you know, I am in marketing and I can't, <laughs> and I really can't. Like the mechanic that drives the bomb. It is, it is. I always put, like refer to myself as like, you know, like the plumber's wife, you know, everything's leaking and, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, give me anything remotely like for a client, I'm like, oh, let's do this and this and this. But yeah, when it comes to my time, I'm like, oh, I don't know. How should I say that? <laughs> yeah. How many years have you been in business for yourself now? Um, so yeah, nearly eight years. So it's been a really long time. Um, and yeah, I've sort of, I go through good patches of being really proactive and then like other times where I'm just don't do a lot at all and probably now I outsource a lot more of the stuff that I know that I'm not good at um you know I'd rather pay someone to to do things for me than to to try and you know battle through it now because you just get so caught up in it and you just it's a spiral so now I'm like right I'll just outsource anything that I can't do or that takes me yeah. too long I'm just gonna outsource it yeah what do you think over the last eight years in particular, has been the biggest challenge for you? For me, I think it was, um, and it, like, I think it was more internally my own problem with what I wanted to be doing and what I thought the expectations on me were, plus also juggling the kids. So when they were, obviously I'd started when they were really young. So, you know, going through what, you know, all mums do with the daycare days where they go for a few days and then they're home for a couple of weeks because they're sick and then they're back again. Um, I was probably really hard on myself about that. Um, and I also really wanted to balance being a mum and also having a business and wanting to find that, you know, nirvana space where I was everything I don't think for there everyone. Is <laughs> and there definitely isn't. And I think probably the last couple of years, I've really embraced the fact that, you know what, there is no Nirvana. You're either going to be fully succeeding in one area and not the other. And it's all swings and roundabouts. One day you're the perfect mother, the next day you're the perfect business person. I used to find in the early, when the kids were really young, I found it really frustrating because I had all these ideas in my head that I wanted to execute for the business. And yes. I just 
But when I was with the kids, it was just impossible to do that. And so I used to get really frustrated with myself about that. And then yeah. I put these self-imposed deadlines that were ridiculous and nobody knew <laughs> what the deadlines were. But for me, it was like, oh, I've got to do this by this time. And yeah, I just had so much motivation and passion for what I was doing. But yeah. then the frustration came because I couldn't do it all at once. Yes. And I think that is those early years, um, particularly, I think, when you do it the way, and I know most of us, that's how it happens. You have kids, you realise that you want to work for yourself and you start a business. So you've got these, t- like, all these extra infants. You've got an infant business and then you've got your infant children. And, you know, you're already sleep deprived from kids and then you throw in working till 3am in the morning because you're trying to get these self-imposed deadlines done and it just doesn't work. And, you know, you get to that burnout place very quickly. Um, And I find with business owners, that's kind of like, you know, that line in the sand of, am I cut out for this or, or not? And you either learn that you have these burnout cycles and you learn to live with them or you're like, right, there has to be a better way and try. Yeah, that's right. It's again, another point of no return. It's like you come to a a crossroads. Okay. Do I want this or do I just want to go back to a nine to five or looking after the kids? Yeah. Um, And you know, I've seen it with a lot of people where they'll look, you know what, it is easier just to turn up to work, go home and shut off. Um, You know, and and there's no right answer. It's just what you can make work for, for your individual situation. Yeah, that's right. I always find that no matter what your situation is, if you're working for yourself, if you're working for someone else, or if you've decided to look after the kids full time, like each of them has their own sets of challenges. Yeah, As long as there's one option that's going to be easier than any of the others. Yeah, and it is. And I think, and every one of us has our own level of guilt around it. Like if you're the stay-at-home mum, it's like, oh, I should be working. And if you you know, working too hard, it's like I should be at home with the kids. I think as women, we, no, we do. We put way too much pressure on ourselves for, you know, of what we think the expectation is that we should be able to do. So now, you know, we've talked about one of the hardest things was for you professionally. What about the, the, like you had the career highlight with that event over in Perth. Yeah. What are the career highlights since you've started your own business? Yeah, so I think... um, for me, like there's been yeah, so many different periods of time where I'm like, oh, wow, this is, you know, I'm not going to be able to beat this. Or, um, But I think probably last year, getting my own office, um, doing the rebrand, um, you know, setting up the training space so that I could, you know, do trainings and that sort of thing. I think that was like a really big turning point um, for me. And I think around that time as well, I kind of realised with, um, with the business and the way I was running it, I'd kind of just created like a job. So I'd sort of felt like I was in a bit of a, a prison, I suppose. Um, and then I started working with a business coach who was like, right, well, you know, what do we, what do we need to do to, to solve this and to get the passion back kind of thing? Cause it was very Groundhog Day. And yeah, then so changing into, you know, rebranding into an agency, having my own office space, it kind of felt like that bit of freedom again um did you feel like the business had grown up a little yeah yeah I did I felt like a real business owner finally um you know I felt like you know I was finally legitimate I had you know my place (laughs) I guess um and yeah so it was a really big step I think and to be able to you know come to work so I dropped the kids off at school which is just around the corner from the office you know come into the office then at the end of the day I could lock the door 
and it was done. And, you know, yes, I still worked on the couch with my laptop some nights, but I also didn't have to anymore. So you were choosing um, whether or not you could. Yeah. 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 It was my choice rather than having to do it. So yeah, it probably came, it was always in my five year plan and it came, you know, a lot quicker than what um, I expected it to. But um, yeah, I certainly wouldn't change that at all. So yeah, that was probably the biggest thing. Do you think that coincided with um, sort of a leap in your own confidence? Um, I think so. And I think I felt, um, you know, a brief bit of freedom with uh, my youngest was at kinder. And I'd always said when the kids went to school that I would, that's when I would sort of transition more into sort of full time and that sort of thing. But yeah, him going to kinder sort of felt like I had a bit more freedom um, yeah, to do, to have that time and that space that was just for me. Like I could drop the two of them off and then it's like, oh, I actually don't have any children to run around after. And There's no one hanging off me. Yeah. Yeah. When the hours were just that, you know, that little bit longer and um, yeah, it was like, wow, this is what it feels like. <laughs> this is, this is that thing that everyone had been talking about. Yeah. So yeah. And then this year, obviously he started prep and again, it was that other shift. It's like two kids in the same place at the same time can both go to school holiday program. And then obviously, Corona came, um, yes. so it has not been as planned. But I can see the potential. So, yeah, yeah there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There is, yes, yeah. And what do your boys say about you working? Do they ever say anything about? Oh, about they it? always, um, like, oh yeah, mum's oh, mum has to work, or you know, mum's very busy, or you know, so they always do refer and I have to watch that they're on our oh, mum's always working mum's always in a meeting um so I do I am a little bit more mindful of that now and I think having the office space helps because I do try not to get the laptop out when they're there unless I have to and and that kind of thing um they do they have also noted during this period that I don't do my hair and makeup as nice as what I usually do um so today when I actually made an effort and put hair and makeup happening and they were like oh mum you look like yourself again that's nice we like that <laughs> thanks guys yeah I get that with the lipstick mummy putting lipstick on what are you yeah. doing yeah are you going to work are you doing something special today so yeah you know I just want my kids to know that you know there are different ways of doing things and you know there's no right or wrong it's just whatever works for your individual situation yeah. Do you think that your your strong work ethic is being carried down to them? Do you know how you kind of see those little inklings of things when they're young and the things that they're doing that you kind of think, oh, yeah, they've got it. They've got it in them. I'm doing an okay job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My oldest is always like writing books and trying to sell them and, um, you know, that sort of stuff and, you know, talking about what he wants to do to get more pocket money and that sort of thing. So I think it's, yeah, it's nice to know that he'll also be that. I am also mindful I don't want to create that workaholic thing because I feel like sometimes I can go a bit overboard with my work hours. <laughs> and, you know, so I want to try and show them that there is that balance, that you don't have to be work, work, work all the time, that you can also enjoy the downtime as well. And they probably haven't seen that um, from me um, over, you know, the last couple of years. And so I'm really mindful now that, 
I want them to see that you can, you know, switch off and have some family time, but then also have work time as well. Yeah. It's interesting with my kids before COVID hit, obviously, I was really mindful about, even though I have an office that's separate to the house, I was mindful about not working in the office while they were home. Yeah. So when they were home, I was inside with them. And when they were at school, that's when I came into the office and did whatever I had to do work-wise. Um, but now, because of the circumstance that we're all home all of the time, it's kind of that, that, that boundary has been blurred so severely that it's like, yeah. well, I don't have an option. This is, this is what I do. This is how I do it. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting seeing what's on the other side of this and how we yes. kind of transition back into um, having those boundaries. Yeah, I feel like that is going to be a real struggle because, um, and even now, like the kids will, they'll see my laptop and they'll like, roll their eyes. Oh, you're going to be working now. Um, so like for them, this sort of seems like a bit of a holiday and although they're finding it tough with not seeing their friends and going to school and stuff, it's kind of got that holiday vibe as well. So to see me trying to get on the laptop, they're like, but mum, why don't you just play with us? Why don't you just do this? It's like, no, 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 you're having your lunch break so mummy can do some work. <laughs> you come <laughs> to play. This is your lunchtime. This is mummy's work time. So yeah, that, I think it's going to be hard to try and break that those habits that have crept in of you know jumping on the phone even though you could be doing something else and answering emails and that sort of thing so what do you foresee like in the future where do you want to take the business do you want to grow into a larger agency um what would you what would you like to see happen yeah so for me just before all of this i had started doing a lot more training um and i sort of see that as being where we transition to is doing a lot more um, upskilling and training um, with marketing teams and small businesses. Um, I think, you know, and particularly it's been highlighted now is that people actually need to be able to do certain things for themselves or at least understand what's happening. So, um, yeah, so I sort of see that we'll probably, um, although it was probably 30% of what we did was the training side. I could see that probably growing to about 50% now. Um, and we, over this last period, have transitioned a lot to helping businesses to, to go online and to actually, you know, start like a lot of our clients are bricks and mortar and they have never had even a website. Um, and they've, you know, all, you know, basic social media. So, you know, we've spent a lot of time helping them get online and doing ads and they're seeing some great results on that. So. I think, you know, for us, it'll be that mix of, you know, training for people that are already in the marketing space and sort of upskilling to that next level and then also helping small businesses to keep ticking over and to come up with new ideas and strategies on how to, I guess, keep their businesses running when, you know, things are a little bit more uncertain. So are you disappointed that you didn't become the heart surgeon or the lawyer? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so that's not around the corner? No, no, I don't think so. I think um, there was a period when I moved to Queensland where I was like, maybe I'll go back to uni and do law. Um, and then I was like, no, what am I thinking? I actually love what I do. So, you know, there is no reason to change it. And, you know, I'm lucky that with my industry and it changes all the time. So I love learning and I'm one of these people that is always reading a book or, you know, trying to, do a webinar or um you know doing online courses and stuff so 
you know, this is the perfect industry for that because it changes every day. Um, so I kind of get to feed that, you know, that craving of knowledge and also being able to help people as well. So I think I found the perfect mix there. Yeah, I was going to say, because they're both, even though they're very different, obviously, to what you do, they're both helping people. Exactly. The, yeah. Yeah, so I think, um, yeah, I think I've been able to sort of, even though it wasn't the original plan, I've ended up, yeah, falling exactly where I need to be. Yeah. It's a nice feeling, isn't it? It is, yeah. And it's great to be able to wake up and be like, actually, yep, I am in the right place. I'm not going to have a midlife crisis and decide that I need to, you know, start from scratch. I'm actually, yeah, happy with where I am, which is nice. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much for your time today, Nicola, especially around the home learning juggle that we found ourselves in. <laughs> it's a nice break, actually. <laughs> and the fact that you've gone out of the house into the office. Yeah. Yeah, and to actually see another human and talk and, yeah. A real-life adult. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel like that's been missing this week. <laughs> yep. Uh, anytime you want to Zoom me, just let me know. Done. <laughs> I'll be constantly like, are you free? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you again, Nicola. We'll chat to you soon. You. Sounds good. Thanks. And thanks everyone for joining us. We'll have another She Will Shine podcast episode with another inspiring woman in business very soon. See you later. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode of the She Will Shine podcast, we invite you to check out shewillshine.com.au. She Will Shine is the essential support network you need to grow a thriving, meaningful business. We can help you grow your network, connect and develop genuine relationships, be supported and support others in building and growing a successful business on your terms. Say goodbye to working alone and become a member at shewillshine.com.au.